0: Hello and welcome to the Wellspring Tabernacle podcast. Wellspring Tabernacle is a Bible-based Trinitarian Christian church in Marble, North Carolina. We seek to impact our community through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to today's episode and may God bless. Today we are going to continue... In our Easter series um,
1: and today's uh, sermon actually comes
0: from two different uh, from two different texts um, Exodus 11 and Exodus 12 you know last week we started this journey into the resurrection Sunday
1: celebration And this week we continue that journey and we find ourselves at the culmination of the first Easter celebration. Last week we read about how Moses had seen the oppression of his fellow Jews in Egypt, kills an Egyptian slaver, and flees into Midian. He stays in Midian for decades, finally seeing the burning bush. God gave him instructions to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let the Israelites go and Pharaoh would not. So God visits plague after plague <clears throat> after plague upon Egypt's people, and still Pharaoh would not let the Hebrews go. And just think for a moment just about what Moses did here. He left the palace where he had lived and been raised as a prince of Egypt, and and but he he then finds out he finds out who he is and he and when he returns he says i'm not a part of the royal family he doesn't identify himself with the royal family but with the slaves his return to egypt could have been a death sentence but the lord was with him and if you have a bible real quick in exodus chapter 11 i'm going to read a few verses here then go over to chapter 12 <clears throat> Um, But in Exodus chapter 11, starting at verse 4, the Bible says, "...and Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts." And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more." Moses has told the Egyptians and everyone else that one final plague is coming and this time God himself is coming into Egypt. The plague of death of the firstborn was not performed by an angel, but by God himself. Go back and read Mm -hmm. verse four. The Lord said, I will go out this night into the land of Egypt. And I know we like to say, oh, he sent the death angel. No, 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 no. Jehovah God himself stepped down and said, I am going to do this. And he, but after telling them what's coming, God instructs Moses about the, this first Passover, the date that it's to be celebrated on, how the sacrificial lamb is to be prepared, and how it's to be eaten. He, but he gives special instructions about what is to be done with the blood of that lamb. And in Exodus chapter 12, in verse 6, in ver, I'm gonna read verse seven, and then we're gonna go down to verse 12. It says, in verse seven, the Bible says, and they shall take of the blood, "...and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper post of the houses wherein they shall eat it." I smite the land. Of Egypt. Now, this is the part that I got yes. very, very excited about. Okay, yes. I've seen something here that I've never seen before. All right, looking at verse 7, we see that the Hebrews are instructed to take the blood of a lamb and not just any lamb. All right, it had to be a male lamb of the firstborn and it had to be without, it had to be perfect. It had yes. to be without spot and without blemish. And he says to take this blood of this lamb and put it on the, on the lentil, which is the overhead yes. portion of the door, and on the doorposts going into their homes, all right? Now, I'm no artist, but I want to show you really quick just exactly what that looked like, all right? Just imagine for a moment, if you can in your mind, that the imagine and what a door may have looked like in that time, all right? You've got the door, you've got the doorpost, and overhead you have the lentil, all right? Well, then they take and they put the blood on the door, all right? They're instructed to put it on the doorpost and overhead, but what happens when you put blood overhead? Gravity happens, all right? And it begins to flow down. So you've got blood intentionally placed in three places, but then you've got blood in a fourth place. Now, I'll tell y'all now, if I was was an orthodox Jew. If I went to the Wailing Wall and held Sabbath, if I was a if I was like Paul a Pharisee of mm-hmm. Pharisees and I made the connection that God has shown me about this yes. door and about what would happen some 3 or 4000 years yes. later in Jesus I'm Christ, too. I'd hit my knees and convert on the spot because what you have, when you have blood in these four different places, yes. you have a perfect foreshadowing mirrored image of the cross on which our savior died when he was nailed through his hands and his feet and the crown of thorns was on his head it's a perfect picture that lamb all right that lamb that they slew back then and put his blood on the doorpost was a picture of the lamb that would come the lamb that john said behold the lamb of god that takes away the sin of the world all right but I want you to look this morning all right, this was that first Passover lamb alright but this set this the last Passover lamb all right. the culmination of what began so long ago in Egypt would happen on a hillside in Judea alright look at what the Bible says in Hebrews 10 it says that the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year can continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would not <clears throat> Would they not have ceased to be offered Because that the worshippers once purged Should have had no more conscience of sins But in no sacrifices There is remembrance again made of sins every year For it is not possible That the blood of bulls and of goats Should take away sins Wherefore when he cometh into the world He saith Sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not But a body hast thou prepared for me In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He what? taketh away the first that he may establish the second. Yes. All right? There came a time in history when God was no longer satisfied by the blood of animals, all right? Wow. They lasted. They offered no lasting effect on sin, all right? The blood of that first Passover lamb was the blood of many, many, many more that would be sacrificed once a year on behalf of the people, all right? Each family would bring their lamb to be sacrificed on their behalf, all right? But Paul says here in Hebrews, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast found no pleasure. God found no pleasure in those things because the they were insufficient. All right, the Bible says. Hebrews would later go on to say that the law was an imperfect system because it it offered no lasting effect on the forgiveness of sin. The only way to fully expunge and cure man's sin was for the ultimate sacrifice Amen. to be made, Amen. the last sacrifice that would ever need to be made, the all to end all sacrifice, the sacrifice for my sins and your sins, for your neighbor's sins and your. Your children's sins for the most heinous vile evil sins that you can imagine Christ died on the cross think just for a minute of the most terrible thing you can imagine the most evil the most wicked heinous sins rape murder adultery the list goes on and on in my flesh I would want to execute justice on those people when I hear about it on the news I think that person deserves death alright all of us do we all do that Yet instead of the justice they deserve, God gave Jesus the justice we deserve for the sins we had committed, the offense we had offered a holy God. He poured His wrath and His justice against sin out on His own Son and in turn gives us the aliens of the commonwealth of Israel, the fallen, depraved, dead in our sins, humanity. He offers us grace. There's grace enough and power enough in the blood to cleanse the wicked and give them forgiveness. We like to categorize sin as some are worse than others, but God wipes them all clean through the blood. Jesus came as a lamb led to the slaughter, marked marked for death from his very birth. He came in the form of God thinking it not robbery to be equal with God but took on himself the form of a servant and being found in this humble fashion he became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Can somebody this morning give God praise for that last lamb, the lamb that removed the curse of sin and brought life in that abundant, the lamb who is our Passover, the lamb who is our Sabbath rest, the lamb who took away the first covenant that could not bring Sabbath, Salvation and wrought in his own blood a new covenant that can save anyone. I say glory to God and bless his sweet name wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father as the angels sang at his birth glory to God in the highest bless Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This precious, spotless, perfect Lamb of God The one that John saw on the banks of the Jordan And proclaimed, behold the Lamb of God Who takes away the sin of the world This Lamb who, as the Revelation says Was slain before the very foundations of the world The Lamb whose blood was shed on Calvary's cross For your sins and mine The Lamb in whom dwelt all fullness of the Godhead bodily This Lamb that Abraham saw When he told Isaac, God will provide for himself a lamb for a sacrifice Mary's little lamb the darling son of God oh I wish that I could describe him to you he's alpha he's the ancient of days he's our advocate and the anchor of our souls he's the bread of life he's the beginning and the end he's the bright and the morning star and our bridegroom he's the captain of our salvation our counselor and the chief cornerstone he's our deliverer he's everlasting He always has been And he always will be He's the father of lights according to scripture He's the fairest amongst ten thousand And the author and the finisher of our faith He is the good shepherd Who lays down his life for the sheep He is our high priest Who makes intercession for us He is Emmanuel God with us He is Jesus Christ The anointed one He's the king of kings And our kinsman redeemer He's the Light of the Tribe of Judah the lily of the mighty the light of the world and the Lord of lords he's the mediator of the new covenant the Messiah of Israel and Isaiah said he was the mighty God he is the name above all names he's the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth he's the prince of peace and our Passover lamb he's that quiet still small voice that speaks to our troubled soul he is our redeemer he's our rock he's the root and offspring of Jesse. he's the rose of Sharon and he is the resurrection and the life. He's the seed of the woman who crushed the head of the serpent. He's our savior. He is not just a truth, but he is the truth. He is the the undefiled and the yes, undespeakable yes, gift yes. of God he is the yes. and the one who is victorious over death, hell and the Ooh. grave he's the water of life he's the way, he's the word made flesh and he's wonderful he is our exceeding great joy in the excellency of God he is Yahweh of the Old Testament the God of Israel and he's the zeal that Ezekiel talked about in the wheel I wish I could describe this lamb to you as the songwriter said he's the best thing that ever happened to me and I bless his sweet name this morning oh yes but I want us to look really quick that this isn't the end of the story there's more depth to this passage than most ever look at all right now what I'm about to say is probably something you've never heard before you need to pay close attention because it's going to change the way you think about the world and about the Bible. In our text, we see that God himself says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now, notice what God himself says. First of all, he tells Moses again that he will smite the firstborn of both man and beast. He then makes a statement that most don't like to think about. He said, against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, all right? Now, we've been taught to think that all the various gods of Egypt and every other pagan religion never really existed, all right? They were just figments of an overactive imagination and nothing more. However, this passage seems to say otherwise why would God execute divine judgment against these little g gods of Egypt if they were only figments of the imagination that would be like you or I getting mad at the tooth fairy absolutely pointless God has never, nor will he ever, say anything meaningless. There was intent behind what he said, and he meant every single word. All of the plagues that he sent upon Egypt up to this point were judgment against one of the major gods or goddesses. All right, just quickly, I want to go through these plagues and tell you what they were. All right, the water turning to blood was a judgment against Sobek, the crocodile-headed god of the Nile River. All right, the frogs were a judgment against He the frog-headed goddess. All right. Lice from the dust of the ground was a judgment against Geb, the Egyptian god of the earth. The flies were a judgment against Kepri, the the fly-headed god. All right. The death of livestock was a judgment against Hathor, the the cow-headed goddess. All right. The boils and sores were a judgment against Isis, the goddess of health. The fire and hail were judgments against Nut, the god of the sky. The three days of darkness were judgments against Ra, the sun god and the death of the firstborn was going to be a judgment against Pharaoh himself who was worshipped by the Egyptians as the most important god in Egypt all of these plagues were judgments against the demonic fallen beings that the Egyptians worshipped these beings existed and gave power to their followers and the God of heaven pronounced judgment on them all look at Psalm 82 it says that God Jehovah judges the idolatrous gods of this earth alright the pronounced Pronounces judgment on them, and he says, I am, I, I, am showing you now that I am the chief God Amen. of Gods. Alright, why does Amen. the Bible say that God is, that, that Yahweh, that Jehovah is the God of all gods? Amen. Why does it say that? Because these other beings existed, all right, and to a certain extent they still yes. exist to this day. Yes. But God says, Look, I am chief Amen. among them all, and you look at every other pagan religion what does this have to do with Easter you look at every pagan religion on earth alright Buddha came looking for light alright you look at the gods of Hinduism they've never been anything and never been able to do anything except have their followers work and strive and try to reach enlightenment alright you look at Muhammad he said that he came to prepare a way alright there has only ever been one God there has only ever been one God throughout all of history that has made the claims that Jesus Christ made. He came to this earth and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except the Father that sent me draws him and no one comes to the Father but by me. He When he, when he died on the cross of Calvary, he is the only God Amen. ever in the history of Amen. time to ever sacrifice himself Amen. for his followers. Amen. God pronounced judgment on those gods in Israel and he pronounced judgment on them again at Calvary. Yes, he, did. he said, I'm doing what you can't do. I'm doing what you could never do. But then I love what verse 13 says. <laughs> God tells the Israelites, he said, I'm going to come through this thing and I'm going to wipe this place off the face. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill everything firstborn in Egypt But the blood it's going to be for you a token upon the houses where you are and when I see the blood I'll pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt and you say well that was about then, way, them way back then oh no 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 let me tell you something friend the blood of Jesus has been applied to the doorpost and the lintel of my heart and whenever and whenever evil comes nigh it can't get through the blood it can't get past it the devil can't get past the blood otherwise he'd be a saved devil all right I think about I think about when Napoleon Bonaparte was the emperor of France he was taking over all of the known world and he spread he had this is well documented fact that he spread out a map all right he, cut, he had a map of the known world covering a big table and he looked all around and everything on that map was blue all right the color of France it was blue and he looked up in the corner of that map and he seen a little red spot of the British Islands and he said If it weren't for that one red spot, all would be mine. Friend of mine, the devil, ever since Eden, has looked at the whole world covered in the darkness of sin. And he has looked, and then he but he has to look at a hill just outside Jerusalem, at Golgotha, at the red spot of Calvary where Jesus died. He has to look and say, if it weren't for that one red spot on the top of Calvary, this would all be. Mind, friend, of mind in fact don't excite you this morning, and let you know that, it, that that the blood has been applied, and that the blood is still. I think about the song where the son was worried, and he said, "Daddy, can you look and see if the blood's still there, friend? It's been over two thousand years, and they ain't yeah. been not one drop of the blood ever gone to the wayside. It's never perished, That's friend. Right. The blood of the Passover lamb." Is still there, and it still works, friend. Yes. The blood still takes away sin. The blood still yes, heals Father, bodies. Yes, the Father, blood yes, still yes. does everything yes, that it came yes, to do. Father, yes. Yes. So Thank as we God. approach this, and I'm, it ain't even Easter yet, and I'm still, and I'm this excited. I'm yes, telling amen. you, if this if this only excites you at Easter, friend, you need to get born again. The blood excites me every time it thrills my soul every time I think about it. Yes, thank you, Father. But as we prepare for Resurrection Sunday this coming week, I want you to think about what God did with that final Passover lamb. He took away the first that he may establish the second. The first things that you had offered God, all you had to offer him was sin. All we had to offer him was death. We could offer him nothing. But I like what, what one writer said. He said the only thing that we contributed to our salvation was the sin that made it necessary. That's right. But he does away with those first things. My, my, my! I've preached before about the second being better than the first. I'll hit that. I'll hit that just for a minute right here. That the first birth that we had, the first birth we had under under Adam's flesh was a, was death. That's all it gave us. We was born. We were born dead. Spiritually speaking, we were born dead. All right, that first birth just brought death and damnation. But oh, that second birth. It was better than the first. That second birth brought life and life everlasting and life abundant. It gave us unspeakable joy because of the unspeakable gift of God in Christ Jesus. But if the blood has not been applied to your life, friend, If the blood has not been put on the doorposts of your heart, if the blood has not been applied to your life, my, what a terrible shape you're in. You're lost and undone without God. You're lost in your sins without that blood. You're just like those Egyptians. The curse of sin has been pronounced over your life, and you cannot escape it. You can't get away from it. You've tried every way in the world to make yourself feel better and to help and, right. and 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 to, and to fix your life. The only thing that can fix your life is for you to turn from your sin and turn in faith to the Amen. God of Ages. Amen. To Jesus that came and died for your sin. That's the only thing that can fix your problems. That's the only thing you want, you all, all all the things that beset you won't just go away overnight. You'll still have issues. You'll still have things in your life that you struggle with. But I can promise you this it's better with Jesus than it is without him. How do I know that? Because I've tried living without him. I've tried living without this man called Jesus. I've tried all the things this world has to offer. I've tried the alcohol. I've tried partying. I've tried sleeping around with different women. I've tried all of that but then, and none of that ever. It gave temporary relief because I was treating the symptoms and I wasn't treating the problem and the only thing that could treat the problem, the only thing that could go down to the root of the issue was Jesus. Jesus Christ and him amen, crucified.
0: Amen. Praise you, Father. Praise
1: you. So wouldn't it be wonderful oh, if Lord. for the first time in your life you were able to celebrate Resurrection Sunday with a resurrected life? Mm-hmm. Right. Think about it this morning. Oh, Lord. But as we come down to a close, can you get that Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied song ready? But as we think about the blood this morning, as we as we go into another time of worship, if you need to pray, we'll pray. But just think about the blood and about what it's done and about what it means. Kind Jesus, Lord, we love you and we pray, God, this morning that you'd minister to the hearts of men and women. God, pray that you would move in a way that only you can. In our midst this morning, God. If there's, if there's those here that don't know You, Lord, I pray God that You would move on them, bring them to a place of repentance, God. But for, both, for those of us that do, Lord, let us worship like we've never worshipped before, and we thank You for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. If you feel led to do so, please give us a review on the platform of your choice. And if you would like to reach out to us further, please email us at NC at gmail.com. Until next week, may God bless you.